Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Wednesday Night Wallop presents the Double or Nothing After Show. Ryland Turner here, joined as always by Kyle Joseph. And Kyle, we've got an AEW pay-per-view to talk about tonight. What were your overall thoughts on AEW Double or Nothing 2023? This show is a mixed bag. Which is not usually what I have to say about AEW pay-per-views, so I was a little bit caught up by surprise. But this one, there are some very high highs that I'm excited to talk about, and then there's some other matches that sort of happened. Certainly, yeah. Uh, this this pay-per-view I, I paid for, and I don't do that often. And I'm I'm not sure I got my money's worth with this one. Um, just simply based on the fact that like this is... A big one for AEW. Like, this is kind of like their anniversary show, if you will. And it's it was not exactly what I expected. Um, like you said, though, there were some highs, so I am excited to talk about those highs. Um, and I honestly, like, not really talking to you about much of this pay-per-view. I am excited to hear about the lows for you, because uh, I wonder if we're going to have the same opinion on some of these matches. Um, with that being said, Kyle, uh, the way we do our after shows is in a top 10 format. Kyle, why don't you hit me with your honorable mentions? All right. Honorable mentions. Let's Jim Ross. Oh, boy. <laughs> and the thing is, I will say this: I didn't actually get any of these. Da- I wasn't there, or I didn't have a, a note-taking handy on me when I was doing this, so I didn't get any of the Jim Rossisms down. I just remember audibly groaning for some of the stuff that he was talking about. I think at one point he he mentioned um, the people in the battle royal didn't know the rules of the battle royal. There was, uh, he referred to, um, Karen Jarrett as Jezebel. Like, it was a lot of the kind of stuff that, uh, that's the thing. It's so hard for me because Jim Ross is a legend and he called so many amazing moments in wrestling history. But like, every time they bring him back, it's such a, it's such a hit or miss endeavor. It really is. I, I have him as an honorable mention as well. I just, Before you go on, I just want to make mention the arguments, the arguments between him and Taz where he's correcting Taz. And I'm like, you are the last person who needs to be correcting anyone right now, sir. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Taz felt that, too. Yeah, I'm sure he did. But it's, it's very frustrating because, again, week in, week out, this team is very good. Excalibur is great on the call. He's enthusiastic. Deeply knows his stuff. Taz's commentary is incredibly insightful. And Tony Schiavone is um, kind of the audience representation on there. He is there to deride the heels, in particular MJF. He's there to sort of be the the presentation person. He's a, he's a great straight man uh, in terms of... Um, doing interviews and stuff like that, he adds a certain levity or a certain um, authority to the proceedings. And his low-key moment of the year was him referring to MJF as a prick um, (laughs) on a random episode. But this commentary team is very good. And they have a very good cadence and a very good working relationship. And it's sort of a shame. Jim Ross kind of throws a wrench into it. And it's unfortunate. Again, 
I think hiring Jim Ross was a good idea from the start. It gave AEW a certain authority that um, that they kind of needed at the early stages. And I'm not going to begrudge Jim Ross that, but I feel like Jim Ross needs to be used more sparingly. And that's tough for me to say. I feel like his backstage interviews are where he's at his best. 100%. Like, I know that you had mentioned in the, uh, the group chat that we have, for listeners um that you were done with don callis but that don callis interview should have been highlighted on dynamite this week like that thing was tremendous and that added so many layers to that story that weren't there to begin with mm-hmm. and at jim ross led that whole thing J- jim ross has had a number of very very good interviews like notably with with uh, Jungle Boy, he had a fantastic interview with him. If I'm mistaken, he had an interview with Wardlow that was very good, too. Um, yes. Like, yeah, you're 100% right. That is a very, very good role for Jim Ross, and one that he can still do excellently, and I feel like there's something you can add to. And I do think he's also very valuable when they do the promo packages. Or when they yes, do those the videos, absolutely. like his yes. voice again remains a voice of authority, and when he is talking, where you can have the editing and he doesn't have to have a live mic, very very valuable, and he still does a great job interviewing. That is a very it's a good point. That's a very good role for him. Um, my other honorable mention. I want to make sure I get this band correct. Taz said it about seventeen times. Yeah, I know. It's. So we had Sabu on the show, and I have feelings about that, but I'm not going to get into it because I frankly only but so much care. But it's a sign of AEW, just sort of whatever they're, whatever is going wrong with that. Um, so the band that was playing Wild Thing, I cannot for the life of me remember their name. It was Violent Something? Yeah. Um, just pulling it up here because I'm trying to remember. Violent Idols. So the front man wears a mask, and it is not a mask that he should be wearing because it has a distinctive look of, let's face it, blackface to it. And that's not okay. So I, again, whatever they want to, whatever they want to do with that, is is whatever. I just, uh, it was. I'll say this: it was clo- if, even if it wasn't blackface. And I'm not gonna like get, you know, right righteous about it, but it was close enough that I would recommend trying to go a different direction. Absolutely, yeah. This this was not like I I, I feel like I'm sure that wasn't the intention, but it was definitely. The, the reaction on online and it, it, it wasn't a good look. It wasn't a good look. Uh, Ryland, do you have any other honorable mentions you want to get to? Uh, the Hardys and uh, Hook versus Ethan Page and the Guns was a fine match. Uh, Jeff Hardy, very rusty. Very rusty. Almost a year off. The, the last match he had was a double or nothing last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of your 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 deletion match, right? Yes. Uh, this guy slipped so bad doing the whisper in the wind that I was concerned. Um, but all that being said, Hook, great offense, great reaction from the crowd, and this is a crowd that was in and out of this show 
Uh, but Hook was definitely over. Ethan Page is great. The Hardys and Hook go over. And my only thing is, is like, are we continuing this story or is Matt Hardy just going to be like, no, I'm done with contracts. I'm done with all this contract bullshit because it's ridiculous. It really is ridiculous. And uh, sorry, you, you have a thought. Yeah, I agree. It needs to stop. Um, Tony Khan is ridiculous. Martha Hart and Renee Paquette were out doing the um, Owen Hart tournament opening ceremony. And uh, Martha Hart said that last year she had mentioned that everyone should get their monocles and big hats out mm -hmm. or whatever the fuck she said. Yeah, it was a fancy hat. Uh, and she re uh, she reiterated that, but also said that she was this year they're flipping it on their um, flipping it on everyone, and this year's going to be gangster. Um, and then Tony Khan awkwardly walks out in a fedora with the Owen Hart Foundation logo on it, and it like it was so awkward, dude. It was so awkward. Like Tony Khan's not somebody you want on camera as often as possible, anyway. Like, th this is just... And, and Martha Hart, God bless her, um, is not... She she got an Owen chant going, but she had to start it. And it was just... It was it was really, really, really awkward. Uh, I'm excited for the tournament, but man, I'm wondering... <laughs> what is it going to be gangster going to be, man? Like, or is everyone going to come out in fedoras? Who on earth knows? Um whole thing is very it's a very odd situation i'm just sort of gonna let it pass and look forward but, to the but hold on not only that but she mentioned that it ends in calgary and it ends at the calgary stampede and that everyone should bring their cowboy hats and i'm like is it gangster or cowboy like what are we doing here just look, so that's those look are forward my to the rest of man yeah yeah absolutely it, it will be a great tournament uh no doubt all right um should i get started on our list yeah, why don't you hit me with your top ten? Or, sorry, your number ten. My number ten. This is a hard one. Because I think there's a few matches that I sort of want to mention down below here. Um, the first few matches I'm going to talk about were disappointing. But this one was sad disappointing rather than boring disappointing. Okay. I feel so bad for Jamie Hayter. Yeah. It's clear that she's carrying a knock. And that sucks because she had been carrying this championship very, very well. Despite this weird story, whenever she was defending that title, she was delivering banger matches. Particular highlight, her, her match against Akara Shida was phenomenal. Yes. I was going to say that that match stands the AEW tested time. Mm -hmm. And... It sucks that this is the way she's going to lose the title. Tony Storm is a good title holder. And I'm very interested to see. It still feels like we're moving towards the direction of blood and guts. I'm interested to see what, what we're going to do with that. But I, I feel like that seems to be the way that we're going. So I'm hoping that is the case. But the thing I'm really hoping for, whatever Jimmy Hader's dealing with, I hope she's able to perform at Wembley because that would be a real shame if they did the show in Wembley and she wasn't able to be there. Absolutely. Uh, Tony did mention, though, that, uh, in the press conference afterwards when they had Tony Storm out there, who was in character the entire time, um, that 
somebody had asked about blood and guts and Tony Storm was for it but Tony did kind of seem like uh, Jamie Hayter like Jamie Hayter could be out with an injury for a significant amount of time and I'm, so, I'm hoping that she isn't but if she is I still would like to see blood and guts happen there's lots of people you could replace her with yes abs- you know what honestly like I- I'll get into it later uh, or you have to remind me to get into it later but there's somebody who I think coming out of this pay-per-view could even the odds for the originals. Mm. And I think that it wouldn't be a bad move. Yeah. Um, my number 10 is also Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. I felt terrible for Jamie Hayter this entire match. Because it was obvious that she was hurt. It was obvious that she was limited. And it just... It, it felt like a match that wasn't necessary. Yeah. And knowing, like, knowing how this match ended, I feel like on Wednesday, they, when they announced it, or I guess two weeks ago when they announced it, they knew that Jamie Hayter was not going to be able to compete to the fullest degree of a match. And with all that being said, like, I feel like you could have done an interim title match. I agree. Or, or, or just simply stripped her of the title. Yeah, I agree. If you were going to take it away from her anyway... I think you could have taken away from her the week before and had Tony Storm face Britt Baker. That would have been fine. Yeah. This was um, disappointing. I, I mean, it sucks for Jamie Hayter to lose the title at all, but, you know, it, it's unfortunate it has to be this way. I'm hoping that, and, you know, in the record book, she has to be pinned for it, which, you know, I think she would have been eventually, but I think she deserved more than what ended up happening. It's an unfortunate circumstance, but yeah, I I feel for her. Yeah. For me, the, the, the big thing about this is she's she was defeated for the title. So even if she has a long haul injury, it's not like she gets a title shot right away. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see, but like it was disappointing. Kyle, you're number nine. <sighs> this is a return we got with Adam Cole. He's Adam Cole. Like, I'll say this. As we go up the list, these matches aren't bad. They're just kind of there, which is disappointing. Adam Cole and Chris Jericho. Well, the shame is that I think the problem for me is that Jericho Strong was a better match. Yes. Yes. That was the overall opinion on line two is that 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 was the better match of the two. Which leads me to ask, why did you do it then? You could have had Adam Cole... You could have had them be false count anywhere. Uh, I don't know. This whole thing with Sabu didn't add anything to this. It was just messy. The stipulation didn't make a lot of sense because basically it was an excuse for the Appreciation Society to just sort of wreak havoc, which they could have done anyway, but less. Uh, The end of the match was kind of just there the right guy won so that's good like adam cole winning makes sense but i feel like they haven't built up the referee stoppage enough to be able to use it like that i didn't because it's not a bad way to end a match it's just on its face i didn't hate the referee stoppage and i do think given the circumstance i do think it made more it made sense i just think like yeah, I, it's it's tricky because it was an unsanctioned match, right? Right. So referee stoppage is understandable in a match, and you know it's, you can say you can argue it's incumbent on the referee to stop a match, even in an unsanctioned match. 
But it's like, Adam Cole could have just pinned him. I get Jericho wants to keep his heat. I totally understand that. But this wasn't the feud. Like, I do hope that this is now over. Because I think both people should move on to... Although we're getting a match on Dynamite this week, a mixed tag. We, we are, and it leads me to worry that this is still going. And I just... I don't know. This isn't the way. Just isn't. Uh, my number nine was Wardlow and Christian. Uh, this was a mess. This was a mess until the last, like, three minutes. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe the last five. Wardlow's uh, Swanton Bomb off the ladder to Luchasaurus on the outside was uh, an incredible spot. Mm-hmm. For the, the size of that man to be able to go up there and do that and, and land it so crisp was great. Other than that, though, I was worried for Christian in this match. There were numerous spots where just like this match felt like a complete mess to me. Uh, Wardlow trying to climb the ladder that was just a very obviously demolished. And Bryce, Re- what was Bri- no, it wasn't Bryce Ramsburg, was it? For this match? The, the referee that came to hold the ladder and it ended up just collapsing the ladder even more. I can't remember who, who refereed that match. I don't remember who who But either way, I, I I felt like the last few uh, like the last five to you know six minutes of this match were, were were good, but it just like going into it, I felt like this could have been a really good moment for Wardlow, and outside of that spot, I just don't feel like he really got anything out of this. It was just a run of the mill title shot, and and a ladder match that I just uh, I don't know I wasn't here for it. I was not here for it. This isn't something I usually complain about, but this match was too long. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Especially, like, if you told me that Christian Cage and Wardlow went for 17 minutes, I would have expected a car crash. Which I didn't want. I said going into this, this should be a cerebral ladder match. And I think we got elements of that. I think Christian was clever at moments. I do think Luchasaurus' involvement was surprisingly minimal for a match that didn't have any I completely forgot about Arn Anderson. Never mind, minimal. Arn Anderson coming out, biting his thumb or or whatever the... Like, I don't feel like, obviously, he actually bit his thumb to create that much blood, but like... Just the, the look of Arn Anderson by the end of this match was ridiculous. Uh, Arn Anderson is trying to play a parody of himself, and I don't know if it's working. It, to me, it kind of isn't. But yeah, this match was it. What it what it sort of felt to me like is just a reminder that there's better people to put in this position. I thought this was going to be a nice opportunity for Wardlow to pick up a win over somebody clever to get one over on Christian Cage, which I thought was kind of a necessary thing for him to do. And that happened, but this was a weird way to go about it. And I still think that I'm hoping there's another direction for Wardlow. I want this to be a longish title reign. Like, he should hold this belt for, you know, 150-some-odd days, because frankly, they hot-potatoed it a little bit more than I would have liked. I'm not the type of person who usually complains about short title reigns, because I do think, again, it's supposed to be entertainment. So, like, you know, title reigns being not horribly long, it's not, it can be entertaining. But I do think this title could use a a longer reign, and I'm interested to see what we're going to do with it. I'm presuming that Wardlow is going to be going to Collision. 
is my guess. Collision's going to be on TNT. The title's called the TNT title. It just kind of makes sense that that's the direction they're going to go with it. And my guess, because how I imagine it sort of is that the TNT title is going to be on Collision. The international title is going to be on Dynamite. And then the world title is held on both. It's not on both necessarily, because I don't know if MJF's going to be there every week. But it is the goal for both members on both shows. And people on both shows are entitled to sh- title shots. Right. Then the tag titles and the trios titles are kind of are floating in the same way. And TBS title, I imagine, is Dynamite versus the the women's title, which would be Collision. Um, that that's how I imagine it's going to go. Anyway, I could be entirely wrong about a lot of this, but I think Wardlow is a good champion to have on the TNT title, and I think there's enough hosses and interesting wrestlers on Collision to make that interesting. I'm just I don't know. This match was it was disappointing for what I thought could have been a way far more interesting. And I do think the biggest problem was that 17 minutes was too much. Kyle, you're number eight. That was sorry. I should be clear. That was my number eight. Okay. Um, All right. Fair was, was Wardlow. Wardlow was the right person to win, obviously. But those are my feelings about the match. Uh, you're number eight. Uh, Chris Jericho and Adam Cole. We 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 flip flopped on that one. Um. This was, it just, it felt like a car crash the entire time. Mm. You're right when when you say that this is our return, return of Adam Cole. Like, this is a guy who is a technical magician and has fantastic matches with almost everybody. And you'd think that Chris Jericho would be at the top of that list, especially with all the rules thrown out the window. But this was just not good. I'm sorry, it just wasn't good, and I really didn't like the ending because I feel like we have not built up a referee stoppage enough as a legitimate enough finish, especially to an unsanctioned match. Mm. Like, that should be the point where the referee stoppage goes out the window, in my opinion. But I I just, I I don't know, I thought this match was a mess. Sabu coming off the top with a splash, that... uh, like, the the whole time I was just thinking to myself, like, Kyle didn't want to see this. Kyle didn't want to see this as he's climbing the top rope. And I, I understood why they needed somebody else. It didn't need to be Sabu, though. I agree. Like, they needed somebody else to get rid of everybody. But it could have been anybody else. It could have been anybody else. Like, you could have thrown him on the roster. You could have th- thrown Miro out there just to get him some TV time. Sure. Throw kicks around. Why not? But could have been, could have been Keith Lee. Could have been absolutely could have been Keith Lee. I feel like that would have been a better use of Keith Lee than the than the Battle Royal. Was. Yeah, especially considering that the program that he was apparently in was not the program he left that Battle Royal with. No. So that being said, though, yeah, I just thought this match was a mess. I agree. We'll move along to my number seven, I guess. Number yes. eight. Number seven. Seven. Um, we have gone back and forth about our feelings about Jeff Jarrett. What's so frustrating about this group, Jay Lethal, again, delivered a great performance. I thought FTR was good in this match. Jeff Jarrett was a limiting factor. And the rest of this group is just, it's such a mess. 
I will give pro- credit where credit is due. Karen Jarrett uh, braining Aubrey Edwards with the with the guitar was a high point. <laughs> you, you dastardly devil! You like a little Karen Jarrett, eh? Well, no, it was just like it, it made a lot of like. I mean, it made a lot of sense for for the characters and everything involved. And I thought that was fine. And with the Mark Briscoe stuff, was it was very odd. Um, but Jay Lethal needs something else to do. And Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal shouldn't be the people chasing after these tag titles. There's, like, what's frustrating is that Battle Royal was filled with a bunch of tag teams who would have been way better in this spot. Right. And those guys would have been perfectly fine in the Battle Royal. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the that's kind of the game that they're playing. Yeah, they are very exactly. sports entertainment, and that's fine. But, like, I don't know if I want to watch an AEW pay-per-view where FTR is doing a sports entertainment match. No, like it. That it's it's truly like a situation where this is the tag team that we've wanted to hold the titles for the longest time. Now they're champions, and this is the first match we get from them on the big show. Like, it, yeah, like number seven for me is the same. FTR versus Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Like my whole thing is just it was a fine match, but it just it wasn't anything special, and I kind of expect special from FTR on pay per view. Yeah. And I, the thing about this match that was so disappointing was it kind of met my expectations. And that's what was really disappointing about this particular match, is that this is kind of what I expected. And we got kind of what I expected. And for FTR, who, you know, this is a company that has the Lucha Bros, it has the Young Bucks, it has... um. You know, the Hardys even, but the Guns, Private Party. There's a bunch of teams that are available that you could have put in this situation. And if you don't feel like you have the the acclaimed, who we'll talk about later, there's a lot going on here. Um, But yeah, this this is disappointing. Kyle, you're number six. We're going from the disappointing part of this day into we've moved into good territory. Not great, but good territory. And that is, uh, the Battle Royal was fun. Oh, okay. It was chaos uh, in parts. It was a good showing for a few different people. It was a good showing for Sort of Strickland. It was a pretty good showing for Big Bill. Yes. Uh, he continues which, to be a guy who I see them highlighting, and I think he has a lot of upside. Yeah, he does. Uh, he's got a good look. He's got uh, this is a great showing for Brian Cage as he continues to impress in small bo- in small bursts. Um, Keith Lee had some impressive moments, though. Again, it's that situation that, like, at this point, the thing that you're getting out of Keith Lee is bursts in short powerful hoss matches as this wore on it was you know it, it became more difficult but Dustin Rhodes you know, you know like there's a bunch of people in it the disappointing stuff about about this match was again Ricky Starks this the feud is this Ricky Starks deserves better than to be a random elimination in in this kind of a match and, you know, Jay, we have, you know, the Switchblade, like, eliminated, or, like, in 10th place in the Battle Royal. Is that, 
really what we want? I feel like they would have done better just in a singles match. Yeah, I agree. And again, there was places to take time out on this show, which is so odd to say. Yes. This this show was five hours long if you count the pre-show, but it was not your typical five-hour-long AEW show. There were not 12 matches. There were not... You were not rushing through things. Some things had room to breathe that were good, but some things did not. Uh, I thought the mini-match at the end was very good. Um, Swerve Strickland is a guy who I would love to see challenge for this title or something else. I'm not super picky about him. I thought Penta looked great throughout, as he always does. Uh, just a lot of fun Lucha stuff that happened in this particular match. Bandito, Commander, getting some moments. I felt bad for Kip Sapien, too. He continues to be just such an afterthought. Yep. But, yeah, this was... This was what it was. And I thought the match... Like, I thought, well, I thought the match was good. And there were people who did show well. I do think there were other people for whom it was a bit more disappointing. Fair enough. Um, yeah, we'll move on to your number six. The House of Black versus The Acclaimed. Uh, bell to Bell, this is a very good match. Very good match. Uh, and the rap was very good. <laughs> very, very good. I, I like to see The Acclaimed in here. I don't understand, given like how they were like booking this going in, why we didn't just get the announcement. Like I don't know if they expected a, a big pop for The Acclaimed, but like they would have gotten it anyway. So I thought that that was strange. Um, I don't like the acclaimed just going, okay, we're not going to take an advantage. And you can have that rule or whatever. Like, I, I, I feel like that's in there for part of the intrigue of the match is how is the other team going to try and uh, screw over the House of Black. Um, and But other than that, I thought that the acclaimed, oh my god, the selling. <laughs> like... How, who was it they had? They, they were beating down for like 10 minutes. Oh, I can't remember. Um, Either way, yeah. I thought this was really, really, really good. Um, and uh, like these guys continue to impress me in trios matches. I don't think this is the end of the acclaimed. Man, did we ever get a lot of fuck yous and go fuck yourselves and whatever on this broadcast? Did we? Oh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Billy Gunn started it. Um, but all that being said, though, Billy Gunn was the one to take the pin, which I think is the right move. Keeps the other two strong, but, uh, or stronger, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed this for what it was. Uh, I just think that, uh, the acclaim giving up the advantage was kind of stupid. That it felt to me just lazy. We couldn't come up with a rule. Um, so it's moving on to the top five. Yes, sir. My number five. This Jake Cargill match was solid. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That's also my top five. I, I'm I'm quite happy with it. Ty I was Valkyrie. nervous. I was nervous. Yeah. Oh. Credit to Taya Valkyrie. She is a consummate pro, delivered fully. Jake Cargill's offense always looks really impressive and powerful. It was it was a it was a nice showing for her, and it kept her strong in a very interesting moment. Um. So, I, and I was pleased to see it. I'm excited to see what's next for Jade Cargill, which I haven't been excited for a little bit, so that's that's good news. We'll get to why later, but 
Yeah. No, yeah, I, I um I agree with you. I thought that this was really, really good for, for Jade Cargill. And while I have opinions about how it went afterwards, um generally I'm happy. I, I'm, you know, happy with the direction and I'm hoping that this is a fresh slate for Jade Cargill. And this is what I did want to mention earlier, is I feel like she would be the perfect person to join up with uh, Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida as an AEW original against mm. the Outcasts. This is a lady who I feel like she needs this more than anyone else does right now. She needs that sort of rub. So she's out of this position where she's just beating everybody and, and for the most part, jobbers. She got 60-0. and Great. Or 60-1, I guess, now. Um, I think that's great, but I, I'm more looking forward to what she's doing next. Uh, this match, I though, I, I, I think you're right, Taya, really helped a lot of this. I thought that that, that running German suplex was, while Jade was hung up on the rope was great. I like that move. I thought the, spri- the springboard um, that Jade Cargill went for, which I don't think anyone saw coming, uh, I liked, I was going to say, the announcers, it didn't go as perfect as I think they wanted it to, but the announcers covered it up, and they did a great job doing so, because it still looked impactful. Yep. Um, but I, I overall, I thought, good match. And and the, the perfect way for me to, or the perfect way for them, rather, to end this TBS championship reign, obviously Jade Cargill went over, but and I'm going to talk about it in my number four. Me too. Kyle, what's your number four? I'm so excited to see Chris Statlander again. I'm a huge fan of her. I think she is incredibly talented. I think she has star written all over her. In the same way I feel about Jade Cargill, but Chris Stat has proven herself to be like incredible in the ring, and I'm excited to see her defending this TBS championship again. Um, I don't have too much more to say. <sighs> Prayers to her legs. Yes. Yes, absolutely. She's had both ACLs repaired now, right? Yeah, but you know what? DK did it, and he's bounced back. Oh, Lord. Um, I really sincerely hope that she is going to be able to hold this title for a while and uh, have some great matches in it. I'm excited to see her get gold. And uh, as Orange Cassidy did tweet it after the fact, it uh, looks like he needs to get a backpack for a friend of his, so I'm excited to see whatever they're going to do with that. Um, I'm excited to see that rekindled again, too. Uh, I also have that at number four, as I alluded to earlier. I do have a plus-minus for this, though. Very happy to see it happen. Was really excited for the moment. I thought it was a good surprise on pay-per-view. But the minus that I do have is Jade Cargill's streak has been so important that I wish it was not just ended so abruptly. I wish we built to something. I wish that she came back and challenged her as opposed to necessarily beat her right away. I'm still happy that Chris Statlander is the new champion, but I, I feel like it was built up to a degree where we needed a big blow-off, and I feel like we didn't get that. And especially if... And I, I really do feel like they're going to go in a babyface direction for Jade Cargill, just based on, number one, the reaction she gets most weeks. And just simply, like, it's a fresh coat of paint for her. So it would be easy to do that. Just go right into that. Also, I want to say, uh, Ty Valkyrie, Jade Cargill, great entrances for both. Agree. 100%. Um, but no, I, I do, like I said, I, I really am happy that Statlander won the title. 
And I'm really happy to see that we're going to get a, a, a fresh division going forward, or at least a fresh champion going forward. But I, I do feel like it, it deserved a little bit more of a high-profile uh, match than just a thrown together at the end of another match. She gets the win. She deserves better than that, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'll disagree with you, only because it protects her because she'd already wrestled a match. Sure, sure. I think that was the benefit of doing it, and also gives her um, full right to turn on Mark Sterling. And if they want to go in the direction of Jade Cargill being a face, which they could, I don't know that she necessarily needs to be, but if that's a direction you potentially want to go with, uh, her pump-kicking Mark Sterling would be a great way to get to that place. Agreed. Kyle, we've broken into the top three. The top three is where we go from the good to the great. This trios match was fantastic. I And I'll say this. I really like these rules. Yeah. yeah I agree. I think it differentiates things from, from the tag titles, which I think was an important part to do the trios titles. I think it lends itself well, as we saw on the TV match last week, it lends itself well to particularly, like, Lucha style, which is exactly what I want to see. Like, I want to see a group of, like, you know, of Luchador's cha- challenge for these titles. I- I'm just excited to see what House of Black is going to continue to do with it. I thought this match was another good showing for them. Was it their best match defending these titles? No, I don't think so. But this was still very good. These three are all incredible. I'm so glad that they're getting their flowers in this way. And credit to Julia Hart, too, because she continues to be one of the most terrifying people on the roster. Uh, although, um, her her Twitter hurts oh, my heart. It would be, um, two weeks ago, she tweets... Three years ago, I graduated from high school, and I just puked. I puked. <laughs> uh, she's the best. Um, they're all the best. Uh, I'm st- Like, I was a little worried when Malachi Black walked away from AEW for the, little t- for the time that he did. I was worried that they had blown a great opportunity with a great character. And the House of Black is strong. This is one of the best groups in the company. If not, honestly, in terms of cohesive units, these four are probably the best group in the company. Right yeah, now. I agree. You're number three. I like the Blackjack Battle Royal a little bit more than the trios match. I enjoyed uh, a lot of it. Like, I, I thought that um, the the amount of guys that got a good rub off this was perfect for a Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. I, I like the fact that we saw Ricky Starks get one over on Jay White and, and, and uh, Juice. I, I like the fact that we saw Swerve Strickland put to such a high degree because we know he's that caliber of Oh, guy. he is. 100%. So, so putting him as the last guy and then, you, like you said, the mini-match that those two had, fantastic stuff. I'm not even mad that Orange Cassidy defended the title. No. I, I we, we both said last week on Wednesday Night Wallop that we thought that it was best for him to drop it at this point, but I'm not mad at that he defended it because it just means that we're going to get more stellar matches. I think Swerve Strickland is a guy who could take this title off of him, and now I, I feel like now he's built up enough where he could do it, and it's. I think it's going to be a great reaction. I agree. I, I think he's definitely the person that would look to do it, and honestly, now you can... 
you can kind of separate him from his group because, you know, if I'm not mistaken, he was, yeah, he eliminated Big Bill, didn't he? I just know Big Bill's not part of his group. He was but, but yeah, he did eliminate Big Bill, uh, even though he was working with him. Um, yeah, I, I, I'd be interested to see what, what direction they're going to go with this, but Swerve is a guy who I think would be a great challenger for, for Orange Cassidy. Is that a good way? To, that's a good way to do it, to have him defeat for that win that title. There's other things you could do with him, obviously, but I hope he gets a big singles feud at very least. If if it's not Swerve Strickland, I would really like to, like it to be Big Bill. Mm. Like they had him in there as is one of the final four. I personally think that this guy, like I said earlier, he's got so much upside. And as a champion that just can go out there and, and, and just crush people, I think he's a great representation uh, um, f- for that title. Uh, I'll, now I'll put a different uh, thing out there for Big Bill that I'd like to see him do. I'd like to see him challenge Wardlow. Yes, yes, I'm there for that too. I'm definitely there for that. Because again, I want the TNT title to be a Haas title. That's fair, that's fair. Uh, so that was answer number three. Yes. We're into top two territory. We know what the matches are going to be. It's interesting to see what the order is. My number two? Yes. It's Anarchy in the Arena. Was this match perfect? No. I have some criticisms about it. The, the intro segment was the joke, I think, ran its course last year. And having a live band have to play this song for like 10 minutes was a lot. I do appreciate that they were involved in it and he actually like, you know... It was getting super kicked, right? That was that's good, but that aside, I liked everything in this match. Now, it was really shot in a way at the beginning that it was it felt almost I think a bit too frantic. It was hard to, I feel like the cameras were trying to get every bit of what was going on and there was just too much going on at the time, which is fair. And that definitely translated. But once the match started to get going and started to sit in its, its, uh, in its pocket a little bit and the people started to, you know, get knocked down and then there were, we had little, you know, mini matches or mini uh, skirmishes between some of the people. I the match really started to pick up in a big way. Uh, I thought that the cash to thing was phenomenal. We had both talked about this as a potential way of going about it. And I thought the attack was perfect. I thought it, it, it's a very good direction for his character, even though he's, you know, such a natural baby face. I love the idea of, you know, Takeshita running wild on it. Whoever is going to be next, I think it's a good place for Don Callis to be. As much as I am not high on Don Callis, I think it is a good path for him. He's a fellow Winnipegger, Kyle. What's your beef? uh, He's to me. He he has go away. I think he gets. He's a he's a little too grating to me. Like okay. The, okay. Play, like I know that's the character, but to me, I don't like that as a character. That's totally fair. That's totally fair. And Wheeler Yuta getting the pinfall was fantastic. Um, I don't know if there is a spot that has ever churned my stomach more than the the bootless thumbtacks. That was like. I wanted to know what my line is for death matches, and apparently that was it. 
As a person who has stepped on Legos before. I was going to say, as a father, Legos would have been worse. I, I You can take out a thumbtack. To See, that, that's the thing. I didn't feel the same way, despite the fact I didn't feel the same way about the D&D dice uh, spot from a few years ago. Um, that was a just as brutal spot. But, yeah, this is... This was good. It was a good way for uh, Blackpool Combat Club to get a victory. This feud is obviously going to continue, which I think they're going to need to find a way to keep it interesting at this point. Kenny Omega did mention in the press conference that um, they may have to go outside of AEW, some of his friends, to help him or help them defeat the Blackpool Combat Club. A lot of people are speculating Okada and Abushi. That seems, that seems to be the way uh, we might be... It seems to be the direction that we're looking at. So I'm interested in that. I will say this. I think the Elite um, versus Blackpool Combat Club, I think we should start to separate into smaller matches and they, they shouldn't be... you know They shouldn't necessarily be involved with each other all the time. And I'd like to see different directions for this. Like, I don't need to see John Moxley and Kenny Omega again. Right. Um... If you want to give me something something different, Claudio versus Kenny would be interesting. I was just about to say that that that's a very interesting match to me. Um, then yeah, there's there's a lot of different directions that you can go with this. But again, I like I loved Wheeler Yuta getting the pin. I loved the involvement with Takeshita, and I think this is a good way that this feud seems to be the direction they want to go for Dynamite going forward. And if you play your cards right, this could be a good feud to carry things forward. Your number two? Agreed. Uh, my number two is the same. Anarchy in the re- in, in the arena. I thought this was really really fun. The band, like I, I, like you said, all credit in the world to being able to play this song on loop for a while. For it was a while before the young bucks got up there and shut them up. But um, and man, can I just say <laughs> the rest of the band just don't have that front man's back, do they? That guy got super kicked, and the rest of them were just like, all right, that's time to go. <laughs> um, no, I, I thought it was a really fun match. I really liked the Blackpool Combat Club going over. I didn't even think about the Wheel of Yuta thing until you mentioned it. But you're right. That's a great uh, direction for them to go in. Um, I'm excited to see what kind of New Japan influence we're going to get in the next month. Pay- or the, like, when, when is uh, Forbidden Door? It's June, end, of June, end of June, yeah. Wow, we're getting quite a bit from AEW of the, the summer. But regardless, um, I, I'm excited to see the direction. I think that the next pay-per-view is going to be fire. I think Forbidden Door 2023 is going to blow the roof off 2022. Um, especially in Toronto, I think that's a great location for that. So I'm excited to see this go forward. I thought this was a really fun match, like I said. I, I don't really have anything to complain about in this match. I will agree. the The foot in the tax spot was gruesome. My like, I tell you, my girlfriend watches a lot of wrestling with me, and she didn't even flinch at that. And I was like, really, really? It was the guy going in with his back that she flinched at. Mm. And I was just like, ah, oh, the foot would be worse for me. Mm. I agree. Um, we both have the same number one. Four pillars match. Everything I wanted to say, and this is the thing I was going to say about this, is that was this feud getting here messy? Absolutely. Was the match that they got out of it phenomenal? 
Yes. Yes, it was. This is an early candidate, and to be honest for me, probably my early favorite for match of the year. Everybody got their stuff in. They There were so many callbacks and references to older matches. MJF was great throughout. Um, his character so so very well established. Um, Sammy Guevara got his, his face moment, which was great. Um, God, they all got great offense. And there was a little part of me that wanted to see Jungle Boy turn. <laughs> I wanted to see him bring him with the title. I didn't think he should win, obviously, but you know. But yeah, it would have been that would have been cool. But honestly, this was—I I don't have anything bad to say about this. This was just really, really good. MJF retaining, obviously, the right decision. Um, him doing it with that with the the headlock takeover too. Second, just the second time on Darby. Great stuff. Great stuff. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to say about this. This is just good. Yeah. Uh, this was probably, like, the best Fatal 4-Way match I've ever seen. Mm. Um, the entrances for the three of the four of them were fantastic. The Darby one, always confusing, but definitely, like, and interesting. Interesting, to say the very least. Uh, Elvis on the skateboard in the background while Darby was bagging up the corpse was something else. <laughs> I, and MJF, of course, coming down from the skies on the throne with, with the devil mask on, like that was super dope. And congratulations to uh, uh, to Sammy Guevara and uh, Ty Mello. Um, they are apparently expecting, as yeah. is Alexa Bliss and Ryan Cabrera. So yep. it's it's a good week for pregnancy announcements in pro wrestling. One hundred percent. Jim Cornette's furious right now. <laughs> Um, sure he is. But uh, no, I, I enjoyed this match thoroughly. I like while I know that there was a little chatter online about, oh, Anarchy in the Arena shouldn't gone on last. It has for the last few years. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know if anyone remembers, but like 2020, that was the uh, the, the, the stadium stampede was the final match in in 2021. I believe they did Anarchy in the Arena last. Did they not? Or maybe it was the other stadium stampede. I would have to double check what, it, but they've always held these kinds of matches last, right? The, this didn't hurt the title match, and and MJF covered up covered it up perfectly in the press conference, stating that I don't want to roll around in John Moxley's blood. Ugh, like I'm happy we went on before that. Uh, like, so you, uh, last year it wasn't the main event, which, yeah, I definitely get the argument. Now I know why it wasn't. It was. It was uh, Hangman and CM Punk, but right. I, I definitely see the argument for it going on last. Like Stadium Stampede went on last ahead of what was a phenomenal match in 2021, the uh, Kenny Omega Orange Cassidy Pac Triple Threat. Like these, those matches have always been the the last match on. I'm pretty sure 2020 was the same thing. Uh, yeah, because that was uh, state the first Stadium Stampede, which followed uh, John Moxley and Brody Lee. Right. For the title. Another pair of very good matches. Uh, but yeah, my point being that I have no problem with that match being at the end because, I it, again, the same problem you had last year. Is how do you follow something like that? Right. Exactly. It, it, it's 
you're putting those four guys into a box that, like, they would probably blow wide open. But it's not necessary considering you know you're already getting a great match from the four. Yeah. And this was, I, I gotta say, them going back to all of their mentor spots, mm-hmm. that was one of my favorite parts of the match. I thought that was brilliant. The Tower brilliant of Doom spot was great. Yes. Uh, uh, MJF, uh, give it the WTF as he's about to get the 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 uh, stunner from from Darby. Like everything about this is really really good, and no notes. This was just fantastic. Yep, really good stuff, and and worthy of the number one. Uh, Kyle, I gotta ask, man. Like this is this is rough. Like this is an AEW pay per view that like there was a lot of stuff that we just did not care about. What are you gonna give this out of five? I'm going to let the highs carry this a little bit more than, than the lows. I think this is a solid 3.5 show. I, I think that so, the matches that I really enjoyed, uh, Anarchy in the Arena, the Fatal 4-Way, the Trios match, Blackjack Battle Royal, were all very good. Uh, we got some good moments. We got Chris Stallander returning, which was cool. Um, there was a couple interesting title changes, or I guess one or no, no, there are two interesting there were two. Titles. Both women's titles yeah. got switched. Um, and there's some good directions going in. Were some of the matches flat? Yeah. And they were all back to back to back. And that's unfortunate. And yes, I feel terrible for Jamie Hayter, who I hope gets to, you know, recover and come back strong. But like this, overall, there were still a lot of good things for this show. So I'm going to give it a solid solve 3.5. I'm going to go under and go a 3. I think that uh, I really enjoyed the Four Pillars match. Anarchy in the Arena was fun. The Blackjack Battle Royale was great. I I, I liked Jade Cargill and Taya Valkyrie and, and House of Black and the Acclaim but not enough for a 3.5. I'm giving it a 3. I think uh, this is the first almost, not, not quite a dud. I wouldn't call it a dud. No. But this is the first AW performance on pay-per-view that I've really felt like, ooh, go back to the drawing board on this, some of this. That's the thing, is like you go back to Revolution, and do I think the Four Pillars match was better than MJF Danielson? Yes, but it's very, very close. Yeah. Um yeah. but the rest of that card was so good. Uh House of Black over over, over the Elite. Um, Jungle Boy beating Christian in the final burial, which is fantastic. Ricky Starks over Jericho was better than Adam Cole over Jericho, which is yes. saying something. And and honestly, the, the big thing right now is a lot of people are not liking the Jericho feuds. And I wonder how long Jericho plans on doing this. Like, how many more guys we, can he put it, over? And at this point, it has the next one has to be Garcia. Yeah. Sure, I think I'm at the place right. where I think the, the JAS has kind of run its course. And the next one has to be Garcia. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Kyle, with all that being said, uh, we have a state of the wallop coming up this week. Uh, we are we are going to be discussing some big changes to uh, any and everything. Yeah, to the whole show. Yes. Uh, with all that being said, Kyle, why don't you tell the fine folks... Uh, how they can find us on social media. Um, they can find us on social media, on Twitter, at WNWallop, on Instagram, WNWallop. Search Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook. You will find us that way. 
If you want to find me on Twitter, it is at Kyle Wallop. Rylan, your Twitter? At R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Kyle, send the people home. Happy. Uh, thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you. And you have been walloped. Or twice walloped. Or not walloped. It's hard to say at this point. <laughs> have a good night. <laughs>